From racing.com and top sport, this is a good three with Dr. Turf, Matt Welsh and Paul Tatnall. Hello and welcome to a good three. What a massive weekend of racing we have. Uh, three group ones at Caulfield, the Blue Diamond Stakes, Oakley Plate and the Futurity. I'm joined by Paul Tatnall and Dr. Turf once again. Straight off the top, Paul, breaking news in the Blue Diamond as we record this on Thursday morning. One of the favourites is in a bit of strife. From the newsroom. Julius Sandu's lofty strike hasn't passed its vet inspection this morning, showing signs of lameness in the right front. Has to be re-inspected tomorrow. One of the great potential stories out of the Blue Diamond turf. Now in doubt. Now, if it does pass inspections tomorrow, and a lot of listeners will listen to it probably with that result, if it does pass and run, does that affect your betting confidence? Uh, Marcus Suspender, that's all I care about. But <laughs> I am sorry that yeah. this is the horse that's under an injury cloud because he seems such a good bloke. He's a terrific young trainer. I like these low-profile guys who prepare their horses so perfectly Getting the rewards of all of that work, he's found himself a nice owner with a bit of cash, and um, he's been the owner's been rewarded with a very very good colt who's done nothing wrong. And then, forty eight hours out of the race, the horse is lame. Well, whether it's yeah, grade well, one or grade five, well, reports as well. Post its gallop on I think it was Tuesday morning. Had a swim as well. It was in a picture you know, perfect condition. So whether it's just the horse's natural action they've got to check out, or whether or not there has something gone amiss. Fingers crossed it comes up well. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of controversies around these vet inspections time and time again in these big races. The other one it would be so disappointing for is Jamie Mott. Both Julius and Jamie Mott chasing their first group ones. We spoke to him on after the last on Wednesday before he headed out to Sandown and uh, wrote a winner there. But it would be a great story, especially after Jerome Hunter and Envy Yusufovic got their big race wins at uh, Flemington last weekend. Again, you know, a, a lower-profile Jamie Mott just rides so well, has fought weight his whole life, uh, and gets a chance to win a big group one like that. Yeah, so you can only hope that... Um, some sort of a miracle easing of that lameness and uh, we see him in the in the field on Saturday. It's always worrying. There's been some concerning news around one of the other favourites, Jackano. The curse of the Herald Sun may have struck. Look, I, I just... I, do people not learn? I mean, just history repeats itself with the stupidity. If you've got a good horse, there's only one... Of course you've got a mollycoddle. You know, keep it safe, keep it boxed, make sure have armed guards surrounding the horse... But to go out and allow the horse to be photographed by a newspaper with a model, you're just adding 15 kilos to its handicap. That is ridiculous. A, that is there ridiculous. is a long and unfettered history of favourite horses being photographed by the Herald Sun with a model failing. Well, you've been, that you've been around a lot longer than I have, so walk me through some of them. Well, I can't tell you offhand. Uh, I, oh, I, I, hardly, I hardly catalogue models on the front page <laughs> of the Herald Sun. No, that used to be my front page job. Now, the interesting, that used to be my job at the Herald Sun. They, they, I think there's a, there's a uh, reason and there's a, there's a, uh, they have to promote racing, and I think it's a good thing that these owners No, do I don't think that's the case at all. I think the, the, I think the, the editor, maybe it's the picture editor of the Herald Sun, has an interest in the second favourite, <laughs> and he says, you know what, well, I'm going to get a model to get photographed of the favourite and just put an end to it. Why would the trainers allow it? Time it we had Probabil retired last week, moments Photo, after she was shot for the All-Star. I believe another horse uh, who was also photographed, I can't name the horse, but I believe 
in doubt for the autumn also potentially has come down to the curse. Well, that's Listen, exactly I, my case. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. Well, this has been going on for decades. You told us off air, Turfie, you first revealed this about 40 years ago. <laughs> I did. I, I, I worked this one out. The Herald Sun didn't exist 40 years ago. A bloke ago, told me that uh, Archer was photographed in sepia <laughs> on the front page of the Argus <laughs> and he put in the worst run of his career that, that day. So... You know, you can dispute it, but i tell you what, the facts speak for themselves. Oh, fascinating. We were speaking at Ben Asghari last night when we recorded Spring Contenders. He listed off his bets of futures, futures bets yeah. he had, 100 to 1 plus, about Lofty, Strite and Jack and I. He'd be feeling a little bit nervous this morning. Well, it's an old cliche, you can't eat odds. No matter how good those odds are, it, gee whiz, he made another fatal error, I thought, last night. It was was spruiking what he'd done. Yeah. You know, you are just asking for asking trouble. For trouble. Asking for yeah. trouble. Anyway, we'll get on to the Blue Diamond. We'll have uh, all our tips a little bit later in the show. Continuing on with the news, really interesting interview on After the Last, Paul, on Monday with Blake Shin. He rode a Group 1 winner at Sha Tin on the Sunday, uh, knocking off Golden 60, who's been a little bit inauspicious with his form of late, but... He revealed what a battle it is for Hong Kong jockeys at the moment. Yeah, obviously one of the better rides you'll see on his win, but did reveal some. It didn't give a lot of details, and I've asked uh, Ed Sutherland to give him a call and try and flesh out just exactly what's going on. But essentially, did say how hard it is at the moment in Hong Kong. They are in some pretty strict COVID restrictions. They are really looking for COVID zero. We all know what that's like and how tough it is, but it did give an insight that as good as he's riding at the moment, the life is tough. Well, I think even at the best of times, outside of COVID, the jockeys there and the trainers, it's a very closeted existence. You know, they are, the ICAC over there or the authorities over there monitor racing. Not saying there's any anything uh, untoward going on there, but they are very much scrutinised their, their whole lives and, um, you know... Add COVID on top of that, and you know they're all living in apartments. It's not like they're living in houses and, and you know one and two bedroom apartments. It's it's a tough existence. So with the imposition of the COVID restrictions, it would be a very dreary life. It would be riding track work back to your apartment, riding in a horse race back to your apartment, and not much else. They, they all live right on top of the track there. As they well, do, they? yeah, and the trainers. It's always been seen as an all-consuming job riding or working in Hong Kong. There yeah, are rewards. Yeah, there is. It's, know, it's financially very rewarding. Also, there are some lifestyle benefits. The lifestyle benefits all of a sudden removed. As we know, having lived through a lockdown ourselves... I can understand. Away from your family and your support networks, it would be a tough gig. It was amazing to see the way he was talking. That just the day after, 24 hours after he'd won a Group 1, he was completely shattered. So yeah. It'll, yeah. Be, it'll be interesting to see if a jockey like Blake, who's just had so much success over there in, in Hong Kong, whether they ride it out or whether you know this ultimately becomes a catalyst for them to come home. Well, you, uh, before we move on to Matty, some other news I want to get through. Obviously, McAvoy moving out of South Australia back to Ballarat. Now, that's been seen as a huge blow to South Australian racing. Without a doubt, there's a significant uh, downside for the sport over there. What I will say, though, the early knockers on the you know how dire racing could be in South Australia, field sizes are up. Turnovers up, prize money's up, prize money's up. Training facilities are better than ever. It's out of doubt they need more support from the government. That's been a long-standing frustration from many administrators before the current ones at the moment. But the early death knock on South Australian racing is premature. Yeah, two two or three years ago they were in dire straits, and we saw a lot of uh, high-profile trainers coming over here. I mean, Philip Stokes being the last of them, and you know one of their great trainers, McAvoy, of course, and others, and also. 
Lower profile jockeys from South Australia saying, well, we can't make a living over here So uh, in South Australia. so And that's flips. Jockeys are going over there, like Jess Eaton. Yeah. Um, jockeys are starting to go over there. For it's good to see that the, their racing has been rejuvenated a little bit. You know, they sold off all of their race courses, the tote, so all those years ago, some dreadful decisions were made. They have built Murray Bridge, which I think has been an outstanding success. It's a beautiful racetrack to mm. bet on. They've also got the Morfordville course redevelopment coming up, which I think looks terrific. And for mine, it should become a, a breeding ground for trainers and jockeys who ultimately then come back to Victoria, go to New South Wales, make it a, a breeding ground for younger trainers coming through, younger jockeys like Jess Eaton coming through. The other thing I think they should ultimately look at, you know, at South Australia and Queensland is whether they pivot their major race day, whether they move it to, say, a Sunday to get out of the, the line. I know that's going to take... That's, a, that's been tried and uh, you know and I know Tasmania sort of were forced onto the Sundays for Sky and so forth but it just doesn't work because people don't bet on the Sunday like they do on the Saturday. You can change habits but uh, either way I think South Australian racing's in better shape than it was a couple of years ago. The other thing they've done is they've really invited WSPs to be aggressive in how they promote South Australian racing by giving them incentives if they turn That's more That's been very on. popular and before we go as well big weekend for the All-Star Mile Emergencies we're going to have a clearer understanding next week around Very Elegant, Espiona. I still think you know the odds of them running are very long. Hundreds. Hundreds. Um, then look at the t- some of the emergencies on the list. We've got Tefani, Ice Bath, Colette, obviously, um, big chance. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, I know Carps, Greg Carp is really keen on Fangirl. She'll go around again on the weekend. There is a real chance, though, that the meeting on Saturday is in some doubt. Already a heavy nine. Uh lot of rain on the way. It could have a significant impact on some of these preparations. Imagine the race has been called off on Wednesday, and they were called off on Tuesday. I mean, Tuesday, there was 24 hours plus notice. You think, oh, well, they go to the all-weather track. Oh, that's right, they haven't got one in New South Wales. <laughs> but the Bondi's a terrific race, at least. <laughs> well, He's wait. a myth. The bloke's a myth. The bloke is a myth. Move on. Well, well would, it, would it be autumn, though, in Sydney without torrential rain? You, you can understand why they want to build out their mm. spring carnival when you're running these big races on heavy tracks. Turnover obviously compromised. One last news item I just want to call out before we go because we do need to get on to some serious punting. There has been some carry-on at the moment about the new Caulfield track turf. And you and I have spoken about this off-air. There is a new inside track coming in. Which um, I maintain may be the greatest leaders' track in the history of Australian racing. There has been calls for a it's tunnel. It's a tight home, home too. <laughs> it is... Imagine Do you, you bet at the valley? Imagine if you're hung. Do you bet at the valley? Where's your badge? 173 metre home straight. Uphill. Uphill. Sweeping home turn, uphill side straight. Well, the news... I'm getting distracted here again. <laughs> it's a massive surprise. The new straight of the valley, though, is going to be an extra 100 metres or something. Let's talk Back about to the core field. Now, there's been some complaints and some frustrations from some trainers and some leading jockeys that there was going to be essentially a path put across the main track proper to get to the inside track and there was calls for a tunnel of sorts to be put in we're talking about tunnels and paths I'm told no tunnel no path they're going to cross the course proper at certain stages of the track depending on the distance of the race and what's the best condition of the tracks in my view that kills the yarn it kills sorry it kills the amount of complaints that seem to be coming in about it where's the crossing going to be I'm told it's near, near the mounting yard, obviously. Yeah, and so um, you're talking about 150 yards from home, or 100 yards from home. Yeah, But idea. not on the track. I mean, it, it's on the track that they're not going to use for another week, which will be the outside track. Oh, honestly, horses walking across the track is a non-issue. Well, they'll, they'll the phone calls has been about it has been significant. I know the MRC don't necessarily view it as a significant issue, but I thought we'd clear it up. 
What about the trees? Are they okay? Oh, these trees. The uh, the Anzac trees have been around for 20 years, hasn't it, Matty? You're the Aleppo pine, 25, 25 years. years. And the only ones who thought of it prior to uh, them being knocked down were the MRC, who managed to take some seeds. They're going to replant it, so they're the ones oh, who gave a bit of forethought. Uh, There's no endangerment. That's a surprise to that Matty Wells on the side of the MRC, <laughs> just around the corner. Committee room on a Saturday. Yeah. Massive, massive surprise. Yeah. There's no um, endangered blue-ass tree frog or anything, is there? <laughs> I'm sure they'll about. find one. I'm sure they'll find one. Just quickly, before we move on to trying to find a few winners on Saturday, which is going to be a difficult task. Terfie, you went to Scotch. Did you ever get consideration <laughs> of being a jockey? I uh, outgrew my claim when I was about nine. So, uh, Did you I ever was, consider it, Matty? You kind of... A jockey? I've been known to fall off the toilet. So it was, it was never, never, ever going to be an option. I must say, uh, I, I am, am six foot three, by the way, you know. No, I know. The, the, the listeners at home don't know that, Turfy. But uh, no, I've never given consideration to a job. Do, a lot do of, you know, you mentioned Scotch. Do you know, where did you go? We won't talk about that on Melbourne Grammar. Uh, <laughs> Why massive, am I surprised? Massive surprise. But do you know, in my day, um, Melbourne Cup Day wasn't a public holiday, it wasn't a it school holiday. Been for you. Wasn't a school holiday, so I actually had to wag school to go to my first <laughs> Melbourne Cup. What was school like back in the turn of the century, the twentieth uh, century? <laughs> Being ageist again, uh, so it was just difficult. The fact that you know, if you loved your horse racing, every Melbourne Cup day you're sitting in class well, trying to work out ways to listen to the race. So wagging a, school was not easy to go to a cup. We got a bit sidetracked. But a ex Scotch college boy used to play football. Matthew Chadwick's going to have his fifty-two first kilo run. starts on the weekend. Um, you made the joke, or might be our producer up here made the joke of fifty-two kilos. Probably would have to be a a rover would easily pushed off the ball. Are you but telling me a Scotch boy is going to become a jockey? Correct. He'll never be invited to a school reunion. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. An early look. All right, guys, it's time to try and find a few winners. This is one of the great race days on the Victorian racing calendar. I think one of the the race days that doesn't really get the, the coverage and the esteem that it should. I've got it up there in the top couple along with Caulfield Guineas Day, Turfy, and probably Derby Day. Yeah, I just, I've, always, I've always loved handicapped sprint races, and we've got two of the best in the new market and the, the Oakley Plate, two entirely different races. For obviously, you know, when 1,000 metres, 1,100 metres round a corner and one down the straight six furlongs. But it's just been a fantastic race for 100 and, nearly 140 years, the Oakley Plate. And going back to the first winner, Malua, uh, you were telling a few stories the other night. If you go, look up the history of Malua, uh, Malua, I, th- and I won't be 100% correct here, but it won something like the Oakley Plate... Uh, Melbourne Cup and a Grand National Steeplechase. I mean, the, the, a, a mixture of events that just defies logic. But of course, the horses did that sort of thing back in the day. But um, Malua had an extraordinary record. We were talking about the honour roll of the Lightning Stakes on Monday and how there's not really a floor in it. It's not so much a champion horses race, the Oakley Plate. No, it can that throw is true. Up a rough result. Yeah, that, that is true. And you go through, and I remember, so, so there's been 50 to 1, 80 to 1 winners of the, the Oakley Plate. Not with monotonous regularity, but every now and then there's just these 
on good honest sprinters with no weight just get the the sneaky run on the fence or lead all the way or whatever, uh, and and can pinch a Group One race. Uh, whereas, you know, they might struggle to win open handicap sprints during the year. Well, we'll kick off and try and find the winner of the Oakley Plate. Of course, the 1100 metre Group One sprint race eight on the card on Saturday. Turfy Marabi's the. The six to four favourite, two dollars fifty favourite. She's six from six. She's going to divide a few punters' opinion in my humble heading into Saturday. You're either with her or you're dead against her, and you're trying to get her beat. For me, it should be one of those things. Uh, if you ask me who I who would be my pick in the race, I would say Marabi, but I wouldn't dream of backing her. My sort of, you know, being a punter, that's the sort of horse I want to take on. Um, I think the first. 150 metres is going to be fascinating. You do have such pace in the race. You've got Jonker drawn three. You've got Marabi drawn two. You've got Oxley Road, who uh, is a very quick horse, drawn nine. And you've got Melkovich, who you cannot hold up, drawn four. So the, tactically, the first 200 metres is going to be very, very interesting. I'm sticking with Marabi. I think she's just got a lot of upside. I think she's still untapped. A lot of her rivals have found their mark, and she has been able to chase a hot speed and do it too back when she chased um, the horse of John Sadler's, whose name escapes me right now, but she posted... Sartorial Splendor. Sartorial Splendor, posted a big time that day, and then so dominant in the Australia Stakes last time out. I think this is one of the other nice stories on the day, Paul. Ben Allen getting to ride at 54 kilos in the Oakley Plate. He was worried about what weight she might get and whether he'd be able to ride, but it's one of the nice little stories. And weight's been a big problem for him, so for him to get to that weight, and clearly talented, but obviously tall. Now, Moravi, $2.50 in the market. Matthew, what price do you do you have? I think that's... Probably about right. I think if you like her, though, and, and I do, I think I'll get closer to $3 on Saturday. I think you might, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what those, once those big... Uh, syndicates. Syndicates, you know... They, they that shape the market. sort of... Uh, once, well, they do shape the market, and the, the shortenings and the drifts in the last eight minutes of betting are staggering these days. Uh, and I think... Whatever they come up, whatever their algorithms <laughs> decide the price of uh, Marabi should be, will dictate what. She, so whether that's two dollars twenty or three dollars, I don't really know. I can't back her, but she's my pick in the race. Have you, is there anything you can back? Or you, yeah, I've got a little hankering for away game. Who's just hankering? A, hankering, just a terrific mare. She's will be well suited by a good solid pace. Uh, she loves Caulfield. She, Linda, she's a terrific, Linda, honest mare. Linda Meach on board as well. She won a, an Oakley Plate a couple of years ago on Pippi. Mm, who, I uh, don't think they've... Blister, that was one of the most blistering speed displays of all time, Pippi. It was a, a bit of an advantage to be up on speed. It certainly that. was. But she went quick. I don't know what time she ran. No, she ran very She, she didn't time. get close to Heady Angels, that... Uh, lunatic horse of uh, Lee, Lee Friedman's yeah. uh, the Angels um, in fact was it like caviar that uh, was given dispensation with a barrier one day because yes. of Heady Angels because Heady Angels was a bad barrier horse he'd go into the barriers and kick out and, and uh, throw his legs around everywhere and Black Caviar was drawn next to him and I think they, they moved the barrier. They moved one. the barrier. Oh, they they oh, gave her a little bit of clean air. But that's that he was a lunatic. In that horse. Hindsight, that is actually extraordinary. Well, so it, it's, it's never. It, there's no again. integrity involved in that whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> let's not go there. Moving on. I think there's a good roughie uh, in the race. Having said that, I think it was the sensible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> protected her, uh, made sure her unblemished record remained intact. I think there's a good roughie in the race in Poland. Mm. 
Do you? Silence. Are you invading Poland in uh, this particular event? No. no $61 in the market, Matthew. Trialled well. It, it trialled well, but I've warned you about jump outs. Yeah, I know. We, you we, are besotted by jump outs. Are obsessed with them? Um, obsessed with That's a good word. You're obsessed with jump outs. Any idea some of the uh, practices that go on in jump outs and horses sort of maybe not sort of giving their all in jump outs and just having a bit of a look around and maybe wearing heavy work shoes so they don't show up and, uh, you know, don't... don't you stake your career on, on jump outs. You know, he does a whole show off it. You'll end up so. in Nebraska. Yeah. I agree with you. Marabi is the horse to be. I don't mind Wild Ruler. Fresh form. Uh, Nature Strip in a, a trial. Yeah. Not that oh, that tremendous. Matters. Came second in Nature Strip last year. What price was it? Uh, I just think <laughs> I agree with Marabi. I can't take the price. Wild Ruler at 950 at the market as we currently. Record. No, I think that's not a bad, not a bad price, but I, it's not a not a race I'll be betting in. I do, I do watch a lot of jump outs, by the way. I don't dismiss them. You know, I think, and you probably agree with me here if you're smart. I, I think that you often look at jump outs to see who's going ordinarily. I, yes, I mean, I think horses that absolutely. that look ordinary in jump outs is sometimes just as relevant. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's move on. Let's get to the feature, the Blue Diamond. This is. A wide open blue diamond, as it so often is, but we've got $5 the field. We've realised that the uh, the favourite Jackano's in a bit of strife with the Herald Sun curse. I'm assuming they've suspended betting as we speak, with these no. horses being in, uh, under an injury it's cloud. It's suspected with Lofty Strike under a cloud. He's either getting the blows or they would have suspended betting. Mm. Lofty Strike in the... Revolutionary Miss is the one that they've really come for since really? acceptances. Into $6 now. She's going to challenge for favouritism. Really? Come the jump, the Peter and Paul Snowden trained galloper. Turfy, I know who you're with. You're sticking with Dormier, who you've been yeah. making a case for over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I like, mate, I've just taken with him. I've taken with him on, on his debut. He's a striking looking cold. Uh, I think the 1,200 is perfect. It's typical Friedman routine. Two starts, bang, whack the blickers on in the grand final. Um, you know, you can make an argument. He was a, not disappointing uh, at his last up. He certainly raced up against the fence, but Jack and o, you can make a strong case that Jack and O should have beaten him home. Uh, but Jack and O, I don't like horses that miss the kick, uh, and I'm sure they've been working on it. Maybe he'll jump with them, and it's a beautiful barrier for a horse like him. But uh, I think Dormier, who's talking about a fifteen odd dollar chance, aren't I? Sixteen. I'm with you on Dormier. I think he'll yeah. run a terrific race at big odds. Yeah. Blinkers on. Same scenario as stablemate Artorius last year, who was able to win the Blue Diamond. Better gate horse than Artorius. I'd say he was poor in the prelude. I think he was unlucky. Wrong part of the track. Um, at the value there, two year old races are impossible to predict. I think. Giving $16 at the moment is a really sensible bet. Turfy made the good point last night. Grand final day. The, their grand final trainers, he's been set for the race. Blink and the Blink other 15 on. have you also mocked been me for set. saying that last well, night. Well, the other you 15 have also <laughs> been set for the race, Turfy. Yeah. They're, they're not here for uh, a packet of sandwiches in the uh, in the members' bar. No, that's race. Bryce Stanaway's there for the sandwiches. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Sevenak. I think Sevenak's perfectly pl- He's been set for the race, Turfy. <laughs> The other thing I love about Sebenak, what he's had a jump out between runs. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, there's no knock on him. He's again a, a really lovely looking colt. He, you know, his first up, his first win was good. You know, there's half a gap there. The horse was, um, you know, confident enough, brave enough, and talented enough. Go through the gap, sprint away. Um, Different. There was a small field. This will be much more high pressure. It's the pressure that finds these young horses out more than in, uh, as much as anything else. So I'm not sure about him. 
um, withstanding that sort of pressure. So Jack, I'm not, there's nothing to say he won't. But um, can I ask a silly question? Mate? Yes, well, I'm expecting one. Sibanak, <laughs> one start compared to a lot of the other runners having two. I know that on paper that doesn't look like a lot. But in race experience for two-year-olds, does it count on the day? I think absolutely it does. I mean, there's a few horses in this race who have been there to 1,200 as well, which I think is yeah. a big plus. But we've seen horses win Blue Diamonds at their second start. So reduced choice. Yeah. He was a freak. He was a freak. He yeah. was an absolute freak. And you know, his battles with Testarossa back in the day were, were simply outstanding. Yeah, well, Caulfield Guineas of that year, or the, the next year, as three-year-olds, is still... One about of the my favourite race of all One time. One of the greats. One of the greats. Helped by a spectacular call by Greg Miles, but um, <laughs> yeah, great race. I think that is a, a bit of a query. Lofty strike. He looks like he's only going to improve, and the twelve hundred metres will suit him. Jack and I's got the query around his barrier manners. I think they're going to take the barrier blanket off on Saturday. They've had some barrier practice with him and Damien Lane out there at Cranbourne during the week, and then the Phillies. You've got to remember the Phillies ran quicker time. Leading into this, I don't think time's everything though when it comes to this race. But revolutionary miss, there's a chance that that Sydney form is just superior to what we have down here in Melbourne. Well, it often is, particularly with uh, Phillies. Uh, um, but um, you know, this is, the, I suppose, the second test of it. Certainly, uh, revolutionary miss passed that test. You know, uh, at Caulfield two weeks ago, um, she was in the right part of the track, and the other two fillies on down near the inside, Peter Gallagotis's filly and. Um, Miss Rosiano and also French Riviera. Yeah, French Riviera, uh, they both ran really well. They were up against the fence, so, you know, it was probably put... She was in the perfect part, a little bit lofty strike earlier in the day. I mean, they're both in the right part of the track and finished too strongly. I'm not potting that form, but um, I'm not uh, tipping them either. So you two with Dormier, I'm Sebenac, something on Jack and Ope, and also uh, French Riviera as well. We'll touch on the futurity really quickly because we've spent a lot of time on both the Oakley Plate and Blue Diamond. Tafani looking to make a back-to-back Group 1 wins at Caulfield. She's going to get a nice run-up on speed. Yes, yeah, she will. I mean, I see her leading and Streets of Avalon sitting outside. Turath up there. Turath up there. I just think she's has the opportunity to control the tempo of the race again. It's not an overly strong field. I, I, my horse... That could blow him away is Moanga. I just think he's he's won three from four over fourteen hundred. He beat very elegant first up last prep. Different sort of race, the Wing Stakes. I, I understand that. Then he went on to run second in the Maccabi. Ran really well in a Cox Plate. I think he's an underrated horse, Moanga. She's a good trainer, Annabelle Nash. She's got a fantastic job the last two years. I think um, if he gets the right run here, and there's a, enough pace on. I don't think he'd be that far away. You know. I, he, I think we sort of think of him as a get-back horse and runs home, but... So for the punters at home, what are you doing? Are you backing them both? You're sitting yeah, on the probably, fence? No, I think... <laughs> never sit on the fence. Um, I, I, uh, I think I'll back them both, yeah. Uh, who I make my winner, who I make my saver, I haven't quite worked. I think I might make Mo- Moonga the winner and save the stake with Tafani. You've been flip-flopping the last 24 hours. Well, you're allowed to. <laughs> you know, but I'll make a firm decision and stick that's, with it. That's what we call sitting on the fence, Turf. I think you just said you never sit on the fence. You're doing exactly that. I have built a three-bedroom apartment on the fence. Uh, no, no, it'll be, I'll back one and save on the other. And okay. But, I, it, look, if Tafani gets out to 320 or 350 or something, or other, I might switch. Summary of all that, Turf, he's taking the field in the quaddy. I'm with... Uh, <laughs> I am not with, taking the field in the quaddy. I'm with I'm Thunderstruck. Paul, one of the other little side points, the ore stakes, the futurity, they're two weeks apart, 1,400 metre group ones at Caulfield. 
Futurity, a small field mm. this year, but we're going to see the ore stakes move in the future. Ore stakes will go to the spring and be the last day of the carnival held on Zipping Classic Day, so you can take that to almost the bank that'll be signed off. It's good they're getting flexible now. There was, you know, they were, you know, they just seem to refuse to sort of modify carnivals and so. I mean, I. My own opinion, I think the whole spring needs to be rejigged and I think they somehow need to cooperate with New South Wales and work out a carnival that suits both states because they ain't going anywhere, New More South Wales. More chance of you riding the Cox Plate winner of that happening, Turf, I reckon. I think there'd be a different look spring this year. We'll talk about it probably next week. Pop-up races, extra prize money, big look spring. Pop-up so, races here in Victoria. I think you'll see some new races in the spring this year. Uh, is my We're only moments away from the Dr. Turf Stakes uh, over <laughs> the 800 metres at Caulfield worth $2.5 uh, uh, It'll be a jumps race. Before we move on, I'm also I'm thunderstruck. Uh, I think has to win it, to be frank. Uh, um, I'm worried He's about got bigger goals in mind. That's yeah. a little concern. The All Star Mile into the oh, but I think I think they've been working him because they've been worried about how his prep's going. They want to get him right now rather than wait to see whether it happens. Uh, obviously, the track uh, it won't be playing a bit fairer than it was last time over the fourteen hundred. Uh, Caulfield Track is a fantastic track. They may have uh, erred a little bit with the watering. Um, Two weeks ago, but it's all about the group one day, and I'm, it'll play. It'll, it'll be bang on rail out three. I think that will help even it up. Just quickly, Turf, you keen on call sign Mav in the uh, the Peter Young? Yes, Give great. Us the backstory to the Peter Young. Stage. Well, Peter Peter Young was the um, the chairman of the Melbourne Racing Club for a long, long time, and I have to show him a great deal of respect because he's a judge, and Did you never, and you never you, know. Ever drag you into the committee room? Of course. Yes, I, I, I was in the committee room on a number of occasions uh, waiting on tables. Uh, no, great fellow, Rapoti Young, and he, he's, he was a very, very good chairman of the Melbourne Racing Club and uh, deserves to have a race named after him. Because I'm not a huge fan of of officials having races named after them. I'd prefer them named after horses and um, and jockeys and trainers. But your course I'm Mav to lead all the way? Yeah, I, I, don't know, I still haven't quite got a handle on him as a horse yet. You know, he had a couple of soft group one wins in New Zealand, came over here and ran ill-prepared for the Cox Plate, but he was well-tried first up and he ran really well, just uh, nailed on the line and beat home Spanish Mission. I think that's not bad form uh, for a race like this. Just quickly, I'm going to have a bet in the Autumn Classic. Keen to bet around Castle Ray Kid. I'm going to back El Patroness and Mares to yeah, beat the favourite yeah, there. It should be better for that uh, first up run, El Patroness. That, that was, was a nice slowly barrier rich. trial there. Yeah, it was only, never had any luck. It was only Manouche, you know, who was found... She was exposed a little bit last week, she wasn't had, she, in the she vanity? She had some good ratings last campaign, though, El Patroness. Jamie yeah, Carr, she did. Jamie Carr jumps off Mares, interestingly, to ride El Patroness on Saturday. It's the thing that uh, ran well at Mooney Valley in that race, uh, Al Zami. Yep. And by my good friend Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid on Maktoum. <laughs> I don't think he had much luck at Mooney Valley. It was a beautiful ride by, uh, again, you've got to, sometimes you've got to look for the beautiful beaten rides. It's just a peach of a ride by John McNeil and got beaten. Uh, bigger track, extra 200 metres, not hopeless. Just quickly, Sydney, if it goes ahead, it's Sydney. in doubt, of course, uh, Autumn Carnival. You can set your watch to it. We've had hundreds and hundreds of mils of rain. Seems like the meeting's 50-50 at best. Great chipping Norton Stakes. We've got Colette, very elegant. I think top ranks a really interesting runner as well, first up for the niche. Yeah. Never what on a heavy. Can um, I be perfect? Tough ass first up on a heavy too. Massive ass. I couldn't give a gnat's chuff about Sydney racing. Have you got a winner? I don't know who's running there. I think Colette will be winning. I think Colette will be winning too. That rain coming, I think it's a... The rain's been. 
It hasn't stopped raining there. Well, it's a heavy nine at the moment. Heavy ten, obviously, you think at the very best, very worst, it doesn't run. I think, you know, she'd run it. Obviously, up against Very Elegant, uh, who's favourite at $3. I think it should be the other way around. She was super first up, Colette, and she trialled well prior. She's unbeaten on heavy ground. Two great mares. The other great race up there on Saturday, up in Sydney on Saturday, is Fangirl versus Espiona in the surround stakes. They completely stifle betting. I think Espiona will turn the tables. Gee, if I owned either of them, I know you've got campaigns and pro. I I wouldn't run them on a heavy 10. That can can, can stitch horses' campaigns up running on those. This won't be a heavy 9. This will be a bottomless heavy 10. I wouldn't be running them either. And um, I think... Uh, I think Fangirl, as I said earlier, a really good chance for the All Star Mile if they do actually race and get through it. But um, I'm with you, Turf. I wouldn't be running, uh, chancing my arm in a heavy ten. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this with Top Sports Best of the Best Multis. Top odds are guaranteed. Just place a Best of the Best Multi during any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top flux or top dividend from the best three national totes, and they'll let you on for plenty. Plus, there's Best of the Best to win up to five grand on. Saturday Metro meetings too. Top that. Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. A look from the book presented by Top Sport. All right, it's time to go north to Queensland and Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport. Tristan, it's a massive weekend at Group 1 Racing. What's been happening in the Blue Diamond market? Yeah, a bit happening, you know, boys. It's uh, yeah, we've got five group ones on the race day, and there's been a bit of movement. We've laid a couple of runners. Uh, one of the biggest bets since we've gone for final fields, number ten, Hafey. We laid a thousand on it at nineteen dollars, so it's been well back. It's into sixteen now. Um, the biggest move, not necessarily since the final fields from our point of view, but us trying to dodge and weave a little bit, um, is revolutionary miss. It's been eight dollars into five fifty. One of our uh, good customers that has a little share in Revolutionary Miss had a thousand on it at seventy-one dollars not that long ago, about a month ago. So he's very happy with himself, and we're in a bit of an awkward spot coming into the race. Hey Tristan, one of the shorties on the card is Marabi. What's your gut feeling? Uh, the, the flux on race day itself. Yeah, well, it's, it's already seen a bit of support. Two seventy to two fifty. I think it's going to start close to evens. I think it's going to be a bit of. Uh, a bit of a go come race, so obviously undefeated. We've got it rated around about the five to four mark, so I think it's going to firm up a little bit. I think it's going to depend on how a few of the, the favourites go early, in my opinion, because there's a lot of shorties on the card. There's a lot of horses around that two to two fifty mark, and I think there'll be multis rolling through. So if the bookies get a lead, they might be wanting to take it on a bit more. If a few of those multis start to steam in, I think it might uh, firm up a little bit. Tristan, just a heads up, we were discussing it earlier that uh, Jackano has been the subject of a photo shoot in the Herald Sun down here in Victoria, so I'd be really prepared to lay him on Saturday. I'd be top flight right the way through. Just want to ask you, the Blue Diamond, it's a big betting race. Have you ever copped a strip out on the race? Yeah, it's always a tricky race because it's one, obviously, a lot of these horses haven't had a lot of starts. You know, the um, it's the two-year-olds, you, you can get a result. But the one that's been our biggest strip a long, for a long time is the race in 2016 when Extreme Choice won the race. And it was, um, I think it was 290 to 260, something like that with us. But it was just smashed. It was smashed through multis. One of our biggest customers back then had a really good crack at it and it won. It looked like it was in a bit of trouble 200 out, but it kicked on. So... Not our favourite race, the Blue Diamond, but hopefully we can bounce back and get a result this week. What about a couple of other movers across the card? There are, are there a few others you're dodging at Caulfield? Yeah, a few others we're dodging in that Oakley plate. We're, we've laid number 
Uh, number nine, Minhaj, the thousand at the nine dollars. So it's it's been a good go. Then in Sydney, they've backed one at decent odds, which has been a decent firm as well early in the piece. Number seven in race two, Epic Dan, twenty one dollars into fifteen. Now, with all these big races, we bet pretty big limits from the get go. So for all of the group ones, from the moment we release our prices, we bet everyone to win ten k, and then in the last twenty five minutes, we bet everyone to win twenty five. So that's all pundits, professional and otherwise. So they're big, genuine moves when we lay them in the group twos, group threes, and listed. We're also betting everyone from now to win five k from the get go and ten k in the last twenty five minutes. Turfy, you weren't happy with limits last night. You should be betting with top sport. More. Uh, clearly, More. I can't get on now. That's nice to hear. Do you, um, Tristy, do you um, sit down like on a Friday and think about horses that you will take on, whether there's money for them or not? Yeah, definitely. We, we sort of start thinking about that from Wednesday, from yesterday when we release our prices, post the barrier draw. Then we obviously look at a bit of information. We see where the market's heading. We see, you know, if anything's changed, if there's any trends. So... Friday night, Saturday morning, we'll sit down and map out a really firm plan. But, for example, we've got one on Saturday that we're pretty keen to lay at the price, which is Cascadia, and that's race five, the toppy there. I, I can't see it you know, starting below $3. So we're, happy, we're, we're top of the market about that one at the moment, and then we'll reassess it. Obviously, if it gets out to 340 then it's a different story. So it's just changing your, your plan of attack as you get through a race meeting. We're going to put a multi up on your website, I believe. Each of us pluck out a horse, and, Paul, you're going to kick us off. You stole my thunder. Well, great minds think alike, but I'm with Colette, I think, with the rain coming. As uh, long as the races get run, of course, Tristan, I don't want our uh, first-off multi-bet to uh, one leg scratch. Well, at least if they don't, we're still alive in the multi. Well, considering some of the form lately of um, you guys, I might need that leg to uh, to get up. <laughs> well, and, um, hello. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident. I think uh, I think she's in a really good chance. I'm going to go for call sign Mav. Um, Maddie. I, uh, I'm still trying to get my hand... You know, hand, just get a handle on the horse. I'm not exactly sure what we've got here. He had a pretty good record in New Zealand. But in a race devoid of pace, the Petty Young Stakes, I, I think he goes to the front. If they run him down, they run him down. Um, Cascade, and as Tristan was saying, he, he's a ripping lay for me. Barrier one, one, 1,800. Corfield's on his favourite track. Um, second up, all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, call sign Mav. I'm going to go with uh, Sebenak the Place. Oh, that's brave. It is brave. A place. A place. I don't know about turf. Should we allow place bets in a multi? Well, I think uh, we'll be the third. Anyway, look, hopefully seven out can place. Can I ask Tristan a quick question? You're taking a uh, $1,000 bet at $71. I was reading Andrew Rule's book at the moment, Turf Chance, and about mm. the uh, the moods of bookies when they come home after a bad day. Tristan, if that bet gets up on Saturday, do you go home and kick the dog and lock yourself in a dark room with a bottle of scotch, or is it all uh, all pretty okay? Uh, no, you, you do. You, you know, especially for us, we have we have decent swings and we take punters on. So there is uh, some big winning days and some really bad losing days, and you, you try to brush it off. And you try to have that mentality of I lay this at the right price, so be it. But I'm never a fan of laying something at seventies and start single figures. So it will be a, a, a somber trip home if that's the case. The one thing that Always gets to me, as I know a few of you guys can attest with kids, when you get home and the kids are driving you mad after a bad day, that's the thing that really tits you over the edge. So I'll make sure I'm that little half an hour late to make sure they're, they're fast asleep by the time I get home if, if, that, if that one lops. Back in the days before corporates, uh, could you tell, when Lloyd came home, could you tell whether he'd had a winning day or a losing day by his demeanour? Yeah, you could tell by, we used to have this big gate on the door and the how heavily that was slammed shut would be the, uh, the result of the day. If it was uh, just, just gently closed, you'd have a fill-up. If it was slammed and you 
you had to duck for cover and then stay upstairs and try to keep out of harm's way. Lloyd, of course, your father, who's a bookmaking royalty up there in Queensland. So that multi, guys, $33. You can take it on the Top Sport website. I assume there'll be a throw, a, th- a rush of punters going out to take it right at this moment. Well, I like two of the legs. Yeah. Which one don't you like, Turf? You, you two work that out. <laughs> All right, Tristan, great to speak to you. Uh, look forward to catching up on Monday and sort of good luck for the weekend. We don't want you to have too much luck. Thanks, guys. All the best to the punters out there and hopefully have a good day of racing. Having a bet on sport or racing this week? Top this. With literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you covered. Whether you're into soccer, cricket, basketball, or want to try your hand on the horses, harness, or even greyhounds, there's something for everyone. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Additional note on that multi that we just discussed with Tristan. So Tops, we're actually going to put $100 on that, and we're going to pick a charity each week to donate the winnings to. Turfy, I reckon, Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yep. Absolutely. You used to be a charity, but (laughs) now that you've won a premiership, you're a charity for 50-something years before your premiership. So here we go. If we Honestly, if we keep talking about the Melbourne Football Club this year, you know, there'll be walkouts. Just because yeah, I want to go back to Launceston. So there's an upside to it. <laughs> I want to go back to Launceston yesterday. It was Cup yes. Day. One of the short price favourites on the card was Turk Warrior in race five. Jumped a prohibitive price. This is what happened next. The big Turk looks to be travelling in overdrive now as he swings up on the outside. Emily ducks up along the rails. Itosha grabbed by Turk Warrior, then Emily. Summer fire further back, epic song, but it's Turk Warrior. They're going to queue up for second. Turk Warrior's in front. Summer fire's getting close with Emily. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Summer fire has got through and won. Summer fire, Emily and Turk Warrior really fell in a hole in the last 50 metres. Then epic song, Itosha. And outbound is the last one in. Cole McNiff, one of the, the best callers in the country. You can't blame him for going the early crow, but yeah. there was 26,000 matched on Betfair in play at $1.01. So at the 200-metre mark, he's three in front? He's cruising. Cruising. He looked all over the window. And he didn't see the imaginary brick wall. Uh, but he hit it. The poor old punters who backed him certainly did. Oh, yeah, you well, put that kind of money at that price, with all due respect, you deserve to lose your cash. Well, there oh, are people. Jeez, we've ostracised. You got rid of the builders on Monday, oh. you got rid of the punters on, on Thursday. Turfy's Tales. Turfy, just before we let you yes. go, a quick Turfy's Tale. You have spent a lot of time dog walking on the Caulfield racetrack. I love it's Caulfield. Blue Diamond Week. Take it, the it, dogs there every Friday. Is it true... That they've installed a bin just for your dogs. <laughs> I well, I did actually ring. Uh, I think it was Josh Rod. I rang. I said, "Look, you need a bin for uh, because there's a lot of dog walking goes on there, uh, and people were sort of picking up uh, and just dumping it there by the back gate there. So I did suggest, and there is a a, a, a bin there. But uh, my dogs are bizarre because we've been walking Caulfield for you know with the dogs I don't know the last five years, let's say. And I don't know what it is, some genetic thing, but they relieve themselves at the 900 metre mark every week. Not the 800, not the 1,000, but about three quarters of the way up the chute, um, they, that's where they like to go. And, and you, you have that much pull that you've had a bin installed just for your two dogs. Yeah. So I'm always surprised that when the track 
ratings come out. White's not a good four for all of the track except it's a heavy seven at the 900 metre mark. <laughs> uh, I don't understand, but that's the reality. It, it's a quirk of nature, but that is true. Anyway, let's... Uh, uh, it's a I good think time to call it quits, it is, it is. Really looking forward to this weekend. I think if you can get out to Caulfield, make sure you do. If you can't, make sure you tune in. Weather looks good. Expecting a crowd of 8,000 plus, so good day for it. Should be a cracking day. Hopefully we're talking about plenty of winners on Monday, Turfy. I hope so. That was a good three, presented by Racing.com and Top Sport.